0: <laughs> then <laughs> wait a just, minute. Yeah, Hold just, my beer.
1: <laughs> Welcome to episode number seventeen point three point one four five nine two six of RSVP, this podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host Les and my co-host tonight is D. Lenore is off gallivanting with her family now that she's done grading papers. Tonight, we're talking to Brad Dowdy of The Pen Addict, but first, let's talk about our media and our poisons. D, what are you writing with tonight, and what are you drinking?
2: I am writing with the very last little bit of my Blackwing volume number one. Um, I went into this experience thinking I would hate it, and I'm leaving it only marginally hating it. <laughs> 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 um, I don't like round-barreled pencils. It's just a fact of life. Like, right. obviously, like, I'm a completionist, and mm-hmm. I need to finish a pencil once I start it, usually. But I don't think I'll pick up another one of these anytime soon. But it's been great. I mean, I've gone through it very quickly because it's a softer pencil. So, mm-hmm. um, And I am writing in one of the Walmart casemate brand notebooks that mm-hmm. I bought, like, I don't know, 15 of them over, you know, the back to school time. Yep. So, uh, that's what I'm writing with. And I'm drinking a maple latte from my favorite place in the entire world. Mm. Uh, my place where I go study. So that's what's going on over here. What about you?
1: I am, um, after I complained about not being able to get a centennial, I got, um not just one but five of them from two different listeners. I did a trade with um Keith, aka Random Thinks on um Instagram who does the Kill Winter with Orange posts.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I got I got two from him and then another listener, KLP Buddy, sent me three more. So I have I'm I'm Sable on Centennials now and I really appreciate them. They are absolutely lovely. Um, really like the green on the natural. I was prepared to hate them, but I like them. So thank you to Keith and KLP buddy for sending me um, the centennials. And um, I am writing in a Sylvine or Sylvine notebook. Um, f- also from Keith. It's this, um, I think it's like a four by six.
2: Yeah, I got that. one of those too. Actually, he sent me oh, yeah. one.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's super nice and the, mm-hmm. it's bright orange. And
2: mm-hmm. It does have
1: square corners, so I think I'm gonna throw it in my corner rounder. Um, but I really like the paper; it feels really nice. And I haven't tested it with fountain pens, but I'm sure it's going to be nice with fountain pens or nice enough. Um, and I, 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 so I'm ashamed. I have two things going for beverages. I, um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't believe I'm gonna admit this. I'm so <laughs> ashamed. That's I, okay. uh. I I stopped for fast food on my way home because I wanted to be home on time for what's coming up. My my what's exciting? <laughs> um and I got a big giant Diet Mountain Dew and as Ugh. much as I'm ashamed, <laughs> I love it. Like I never I don't often buy soda. But every now and then, I get a Diet Mountain Dew, and I just friggin' love it. Um, Yeah, I love citrus sodas, I like caffeine, and it's good. And then alongside that, I stopped at a Starbucks, because apparently a big gulp full of Mountain Dew (laughs) wasn't enough caffeine. Oh, God And I got a flat white, so um, I'm going to do all the editing for this tonight. (laughs) because I have all the caffeine. I have I have enough caffeine for me and for you and for heart palpitations.
2: <laughs> yes, you do.
1: So um what's exciting?
2: Uh for me, um a lot of school stuff. Um I got additional funding for my research, which is really yes. big for
3: me.
2: I know. Um now my my worries about uh finding enough people to collect data from are pretty much out the window. Um, I'm going to be using a panel to collect my data, so I will be able to have 430 respondents to mm. my survey. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not to get too deep into it, but I'm ex- examining the Muslim American population and living in Western Mass, that's already a task in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so being that this is only a study that i have 3 months to do um mm. getting this funding is is awesome so i actually got more funding from the school and then my advisor actually has some grant money he studies well-being mm-hmm. so because i'm studying well-being as as well he's mm-hmm. able to use that grant money for for what we're doing together that's awesome so, so yeah this puts me in the realm of like publishable stuff which is really exciting for me um And then my semester is over. I have one more paper. All I have to do is just slap some statistical charts in there and correlational tables, and I am done. So that is nice. Hmm. Um, And another exciting thing, I started an outline of two things, actually. I I half start things all the time, but I'm going to finish these (laughs) two things, I promise. Um, The first one being, I had mentioned this months ago, and then school happened, and then I mentioned it recently Um, I'm working on developing a list of what pencils play well with the Pollux. Mm. So I'm going to go through my collection and put them into a spreadsheet and then, you know, go ahead and see what's what. And then once I have that, I'm going to share that spreadsheet with the community Mm -hmm. and have people add things that are missing and we can try to keep this like living document going.
3: That's amazing.
2: Um, yeah, because it's just it'd be nice to know, because a lot of people ask that question. Um, and then I'm also, uh, actually a fan had asked about it, or uh, not a fan, I don't want to say someone's a fan of us, but a listener <laughs> asked, <laughs> um, asked about my solo Dungeons and Dragons experience. I saw that. Yeah, so I plan on starting that over break, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to kind of like, I'm not going to you know, copied on everything I do, but I'm gonna kind of like do it in like a journal entry style, mm-hmm. and then put that all together and have like one, you know, blog post about, you know, the experience and what tools I use. So I'm kind of kind of tied into stationery a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that that's it for me. What about you? Uh, so
1: I just finished
2: reading V. E. Schwab's A
1: Darker Shade of Magic. Okay. Um, It is a near-world fantasy with overlapping cities in time and space. Mm -hmm. um, With magic. Like, the setup is that there are four different Londons. There is a white London, a grey London, a red London, and a black London. Okay. Some sort of, I think it's actually red, grey, white, black, or something like that. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's this order of of the magic going through the different places. There's a lot of fighting. There's murder. There's mayhem. There's a lot of action. The characters are really interesting. The magic system is really, really interesting. Um, And it's a three book series. And I just got the second book in the series from the library. So I'm really excited about reading the second book, but but the first book was really fantastic and everybody should go read it. And V.E. Schwab is so cute. She has a (laughs) YouTube channel where mm-hmm. she talks about writing and reading and the things that are interesting to her. And she's got this great big giant coon cat that is um, a marmalade. And okay. she's just so cute talking about things. And then the cat is so cute. And so I just enjoy her. And I just want to pinch her cheeks because she's so cute, um, which sounds creepy. But I don't mean it in a creepy way. That's not, no, not creepy. Yeah, I had too much caffeine. <laughs> I um, can tell. No, I can't tell. Um, I'm also reading a clinical book about mindfulness with clients with addictive behaviors and and disorders. It's really, really dry. And the problem that I have with it is I can't read clinical books after work before bed.
2: Well, who would want to? Uh,
1: Yeah, well, because I start thinking, oh, you know, I could use this with this client or, you know, I could really do a group on that. Um. And it just amps me up and I don't sleep well after I read clinical books uh, right before bed. So I have to, like, I'll probably read more of it this weekend. Uh, But I've had it, like I've checked it out twice, maybe three times from the library now. And I, and I may, I, it's just taking me way too long to read. And I've got to plow through it and take some notes. Um, But the, it's dry, but it's the info is so good. Um, Um, All right, so the last thing of what's exciting is the new Write Notepads edition. Have you seen these?
2: Yes, I have. I've seen pictures from a couple people.
1: Yeah, I so want to order them. Um, They're so pretty. They've got that black-on-black printing, uh, gold leaf, and the little picture, and then the box is all shiny. It is like the prettiest set of notebooks that they're putting out. Anyone's putting out. I think I, I I didn't think they could do much better than the fingerprint edition which was just a super nerdy printmaker thing. But this mm-hmm. uh they they knocked it out of the park with this. This is just so pretty. The paper is, you know, right paper is so good with pencils and pens. I I the only thing that I don't like is I don't like the pure binding. I wish they would go with either stapled or stitched. But I know a lot of other people don't aren't bothered by the pure binding but I just it gets in the way of my writing so maybe I'll just buy a couple boxes just for gifting.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't mind the binding so much mm. but I can see how like like right now I have a telegraph next to me like admittedly I haven't used a right notebook like to completion. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of pages, you know, aren't that bad but I guess if you get in the middle and then you bend it down it yeah i mean it's kind of lumpy
1: yeah i wreck them when i use them because i i force the uh glue binding back i fold it over on itself and it totally survives i've had a couple of pages start to peel out mm-hmm. but none of them have actually pulled out i've had a few pages uh, that have glue creep where the glue has kind of seeped in between some of the pages and when i've opened it i've torn the page but um okay. you know like at the end of it the book is still still looks great it's wrecked in sort of a wabi-sabi kind of way yeah so you know i i appreciate what they're doing in terms of the look and how gorgeous they are i just can't use them but i think i'll i'll probably just buy some so i can gift them
2: yeah i know they are really cool um
1: so that brings us to our main topic Unfortunately, Dee couldn't make it in time for the interview, but I was able to pre-record an interview with Brad of The Pen Addict, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Brad, so let me let you listen to this interview. So, uh, hey Brad, thanks for- Hey, uh, how's it going? Good, good. How's it going for you? Very good. I uh, want to start out by saying uh, thank you for coming on the show.
0: Hey, I'm I'm really glad that we get to do this. Um, I I really love what y'all do on this show. I respect the heck out of you and Dee and Lenore. I think y'all have an awesome show. So I actually I appreciate you having me me on. It's uh it's very cool. All
1: right, uh, you know it's I've been listening to the Pen Addict for years. Um, and sometimes I don't get to listen to it as much. I used to when I, well when I was out of work. <laughs> I was I used to listen to it live all the time. Yeah. Um it was sort of in the in the background of me applying for jobs.
0: Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: and then when I you know, when I was working for um the big Fortune five hundred that I used to work for, I had it going in my office all the time. You guys were like a soundtrack for me oh, cool. going to work and working, so I I appreciate what you've been doing for so long.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to imagine that this is like a thing. And we're, we're, I think we're going to approach that topic uh, as we go through this show yeah. uh, and, and understanding the impact of that thing. Oh
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely where we wanted to go with this interview. I think um, there was there were a lot of people. Um, I think they were expecting my interview style to be very different.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's, they, I think people were really expecting me to go for blood in interviews, and that's sure. not. You know, I'm a therapist. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and what one of the things that I've learned is, you know, you can be blunt in therapy, you can be blunt in conversations, but when you go for blood, that just shuts the conversation down.
0: Yeah, and, and I agree with that.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean I just I, I like having conversations and you know, I have the best job in the world where I get to have conversations with lots of really interesting people all day long. Mm-hmm. And now I get to do that as part of my hobby, so Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. That's always fun. So, um I wanna start this interview in the same manner that I, I started the last with a disclosure. I've received cards and cases from Knock for review on my blog, and I'm I bought multiple cases and reviewed them on my blog from Knoco. Co. Uh, the Stack XL and the Sinclair are, you know, they're my everyday carry jam. Um, <laughs> they're, you know, they're with me every single day. And I love the products that you make and I enjoy the pen addict. And so you guys have been supportive of Comfortable Shoes Studio and RSVP. You know, you've talked about us on the show and we really appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I've I've also followed pen addict, you know, like we were touching on for years um, I think I first learned about it on Mul- on the Mole Skinnery.
0: Yeah, when I saw you added that into the show notes, I was like, oh my gosh, Mole Skinnery! I totally oh, remember that.
1: I miss it. I miss the original yeah. Mole Skinnery so much. Our band yeah, was amazing.
0: He did such a great job, and then he stopped, and then there was a reboot, and it didn't really work. But that was yeah. such an inspiration for me to get mm-hmm. started. It's like, oh, I can go check out all of these what these people are doing with their notebooks, you know, and seeing yeah. what's in them. I mean, cause that's what I, you know, that's what we really like is like the notebooks, one thing, but you show me the inside of the notebook. Now we're talking.
1: Yeah. I spend, you know, I, I, I hate to admit this. I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching notebook flips. And <laughs> flips.
3: Yeah. No it, joke.
1: I mean, they're really cool. It's really just interesting to see what people do with them. And like, as much as I'm not a fan of bullet journaling, I really love mm-hmm. looking at it. Like I, I've, a member of way too many bullet journaling groups, and I just lurk, and I'm like, I wish I could do that with my notebook.
0: Yeah, you and me both. I, I'm right there. I will not stop staring and looking, but I understand that that's never going to be me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, mine look like such garbage in comparison.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, um, so I wanted to begin this. I, I read your response tweets to our interview with Joey. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to respond to some of the threatened commentary. I don't think that was your commentary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, But that, I think, was what the larger response was to your comments and to the interview. And I think part of it was misconstrued. And I think it was due to poor word choices on my part. So I'm really sorry about that. Um, We said threatened. And what I really meant, bias. Mm. Um, Which, and this goes into that, I talk about this all the time, lenses that we view the world through. Which is such a... I can't get I can't get rid of my therapy lens, right? Sure, um, sure. And I think that all of us we're all biased, and I've said this to you on on Twitter in the past. You know, when mm-hmm. you, you were initially talking about Baron Fig, um, and so uh, you know you call out your friends, you recommend your com- competitors, um, but I think we're all inherently a little bit biased because of how we do what we do. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and just. So we can, I guess, kind of set this up. That commentary was a very – I didn't take any offense to that because actually you and I have talked about this Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Like I appreciate our conversations on Twitter very much. I know we don't – we've never met in person, but I consider someone – I consider you someone I can have like essentially a no-holds-bar conversation with and – We both, when we're done, we both go on about our business and we can still be friends on Twitter. You know, there's no animosity, even though, you know, you might plant a flag on the ground and I might plant a flag on the ground and they, we may not come to meet in the middle. We still respect each other at the end of the day. Right. And you and I have had these conversations before, like explicitly. So I think we've
1: had them for years at this point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So from a you and i perspective like i took like almost no offense to that conversation because i can't wake up tomorrow and not own knock right right so i have to accept that fact now how i the my my points about you know how i talk how i act you know my actions mm-hmm. you know i vehemently disagree with that Mm. right you know my from my viewpoint how i you know discuss other companies you know feel about other companies and talk about other companies um competitors or not you know i feel i give everyone you know a fair shake right um sometimes that's positive sometimes that's negative but i i'm never going to be able to avoid owning a stationary company when I talk about other stationary companies. So I just have to, you know, just kind of live by my words and my principles on, you know, trying to be as unbiased as humanly possible. And we've probably talked about bias on Twitter before, and I know I've had to talk about it on the blog Mm -hmm. and the podcast. The phrase I've used is I'm biased for stationary. Right. Right. So if someone sends me, a pen. Well, I love pens. (laughs) So, I mean, there's going to be some part of bias. And as a reviewer and as a as a blogger, it's hard to get away from that question. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, track record shows that I try to be as honest and fair as possible, even though I accept the fact that I can't not be in the same space
1: as some of the companies I Mm -hmm. talk about. Yeah. So, um, going off of that, can you can you tell us a little bit about some of the guiding principles and core values at Nock?
0: Yeah. So, you did a great job of putting together these show notes and sharing with me before the show. I didn't know if I was gonna, uh, you know, get a chance to prepare or read mm. the show notes, and I, I appreciate that. Like, I'm I'm good either way, and I, but the way you did it was great. I've never been asked that question. Mm. <laughs> if you can, if you can believe that. And I had to really think about that. I mean, I didn't have to think about the answer. I know what the answer is, but I also don't know if that needs to change. So, my, my answer has always been you know, what do you guys do at do it knock. You know, what are your products about? What is the, I don't know, presentation you have overall as a company? And I mean, we basically make stuff that we want to use, have fun doing it, and we hope other people like it too. Mm like it's very simple like the way Jeff and I run the business a lot of times if not the majority of the time is is I have a problem I want to solve
3: mm-hmm.
0: in a pen case or a paper product me and Jeff put our heads together and then we come up with something right and honestly it's because I want to use it <laughs> and I hope that Someone else will like to use it, too, and I think a lot of the times that is the case. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I've never really considered any other way to answer that question, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a fair question.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it comes out of the fact that I worked for a Fortune (laughs) Fortune 500 for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and every – uh, and I worked in the administrative side of things. Um, I worked in HR. And so we were constantly, every six months or so, part of the cu- the culture of the company was to sit down and talk about the guiding principles and the core values. What are mm-hmm. our core values? And then doing basically a reset. Like, if anything we were doing was off of the core values or against the guiding principles, we brought it back. And, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of my time there, by you know, we, we started out with five, core values. And the, by the time I left, it was like 15. I was like, you know, that, that, this is getting right. ridiculous. Um, but I, I just, I don't know, I think it's always an interesting question. It's something we've been talking about for the podcast. Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. what, what are our core values? What do we really want to do with this? Right. And like, we keep coming back to the fact that we like conversation. Mm-hmm. We like to have deep conversations with one another. And now that we're having, we're doing interviews, mm-hmm. like we want to keep that going
0: yeah, I I think that's a great way to put it because now you have something to fall back on and judge yourself against. Right. Right. So like we've never had to say or, you know, speaking from a knock perspective, we've never had to say, well, here's the decision. Here's why we made this decision, because these are our core values or our mission statement or whatever, you know, what you want to use for that terminology. And, you know, and I've been part of a I think it was probably like a global 50 company for mm-hmm. 15 years. So I have sat through all the all those things and <laughs> and rolled my eyes as as the 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 number of uh, things that were important to us increased from three to 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But you know, it's different now online, right? And companies are smaller but mm-hmm. still substantial and can make a difference. So yeah, I I, I think it's a super question it's something i'm going to be thinking about a lot and see is there a way to define what my vision and jeff's vision of knock is Mm. to hold us accountable for future decisions which i think is is the most important reason to do it to have that fallback to say this is what makes us this is what we're defined by and Mm. we can point to that to say why we made these decisions
1: right so uh, going off of that, what, what about with a pen addict? Do you have guiding principles or core values with a pen addict?
0: I don't. And this is the really interesting part of this whole last couple of weeks of struggle that I've had and the whole community has. And we'll dig into that more as we go. That has never – like I see that for I have That has – talk about never crossing my mind. Right. It was just like I do pen reviews. I'm going to get a product. And I'm going to say what I think about the product Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and I'm going to be as open and honest as I can be. And I'm going to be available to every single person that wants to ask me a question Mm. or question me. You know, I think that's two different things there's and reply openly and honestly to all those questions. Like I've never considered that even remotely for the pen addict, but Again, like this is why, you know, I enjoy having conversations like this because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can kind of realize, you know, where are your pitfalls? What are your downfalls? What can you do better? And I can see how, you know, having these guiding principles might have changed some of the decisions I made in the past couple of weeks.
1: Mm. So, um, I I think... Like one one of the things that I've always wondered, which is kind of I'm diverting from what we're just now talking about, but we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that sure um one of the things I always wondered was why why not have pen addict as the brand instead of mm-hmm. knock co
0: I, I actually I think that's that's kind of easy, but may not be the answer anyone wants to hear. Jeff, my partner at knock mm-hmm. has n- no interest in what I do for the pen addict. Ah. So The Pen Addict started first.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It existed for maybe six years before I met Jeff, and that was through a friend of his that read The Pen Addict. Mm. Jeff, Jeff made cycling bags at the time um, and worked for like a car upholsterer. He didn't have any care in the world about pens. So when we decided to go into a partnership, when you know, we decided that, hey, not could actually be a thing that was a completely separate company because Jeff has zero involvement in the pen addict and we have a 50, 50
1: partnership in knock. Oh, that makes total sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. So um, circling back a little bit. So it, it sounds like, you know, at knock, you're very, very interested in quality and honesty and, and being really upfront with your customers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that affects how you, how you review other companies? Or look at them on, uh, uh, on the pod, pen addict or, or the on the podcast?
0: I think probably. I mean, I, I well, definitely. <laughs> because what comes out of knock or what, I'm sorry, what comes out of the pen addict from a review comes from me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the principles I believe in, right. in, you know, how to review a product in the most transparent way. So, you know, you're not, you know, wanting to confuse the readers or misdirect or have any kind of, you know, question, you know, did Brad pay for this product, who wrote the review, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that, like no questions, you know, asked, like everything's very clear um from my perspective. So, you know, that's kind of how I set up the pen addict mm-hmm. and that I think that does like put my personal view on what other companies do. I, you know, I don't know how to do it a different way. I guess.
1: Right. No, that makes total sense to me. You know, like I think, I think you can only you can only review things in the way that you're going to review things. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a circular kind of comment, (laughs) but um, like. I, like, I, you and I don't review things in the same way. We don't agree on the same sure. things, but that's because of what we like in different things.
0: Yeah, that's because so. you're you and I'm me, right? So <laughs>
1: We also have and, different end uses, right?
0: Sure,
3: exactly. So I
1: think that, that comes into effect a lot. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, uh, where was I? Do you think it's a fair standard that you hold other companies up to?
0: I do. I, 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 I have guidelines and principles that I want to see that I conduct myself in a certain way. And I would hope that the companies I work with and review their products would do the same, whether that's fair. I'm not totally sure. Like, I, I, I don't know that I can answer. Is that fair? But I, it's it goes back to like, you know, I know what I expect Mm. and to be quite honest, I don't expect a lot, Mm. (laughs) like I don't want this to come out like I expect the world, like I expect warts, you know, and I expect flaws and, you know, there's reasons those things happen. Like, I think that's completely fair. So, yeah, I just think just the being open and honest and transparent, you'll hear me say that a thousand times. Right. I mean, if that's my guiding principles with how I handle everything, I'm OK with that.
1: OK, well, I think that's fair. Um, So the next question. Um. So you mentioned in in some of the commentary on Twitter, I think as well, that that you felt that Fig had gotten in over their heads and made bad decisions,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I think in several sections in the in the interview, Joey totally copped to that. Mm-hmm. He talked extensively about entering a new product area and learning new things, and ordering the wrong fabric, and you know learning how to order hardware, and basically screwing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says we screwed up. Sure. And then he followed that up by saying we should have notified backers sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, do you not agree?
0: I mean, I, I agree that they screwed up. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But so I, I guess let's, let's, I guess let's take it this way. My wish is that we didn't have to have this conversation. Right. Right. So there's a process that happened during this campaign where a decision was made on the business end yep. and they didn't share it with the campaign that is to accept a change of the color and that's fine up to a point, right? At some point you have to let your backers know before the message that all the bags have shipped. Mm. So the backers of the project, which I was one of, did not know anything. I didn't know the colors had changed until I saw a picture online. I said, why is there a khaki bag? Right. And then I went and looked at the campaign and a bunch of people were saying things. What I took, my response on Twitter, which I think encompassed basically two points. One – The first point that we've already covered Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, my, my being a competitor. Mm -hmm. The second point I covered is joy was not truthful in his answer to you and D on that podcast. And when I pointed that out, no one cared. Mm. And I guess I should be okay with that. But at my core, I'm not. Because we didn't have to be here today right. if we knew a month ago, hey, look, this is what happened with our fabric. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through. We have to accept these fabric, this fabric as is for X amount of business decisions, which happened on the back end. Um, and so backers, here's what's going to happen. The colors are going to be a little different than what we showed. And you're going to have the choice to enjoy your new bag or we will accept it back at a full refund. I should have known that a month ago instead right. of now we're here. <laughs> now we've had a, I, I've honestly, you know, we've both had a rough couple of weeks, Yeah. honestly, <laughs> but I think I, I think I played a, I mean, we'll talk about the role I played in that, right. which I do have some, th- a lot of things to say about that, but just at its core, we don't have to be here today. If basic, decisions were made to get ahead of it. Mm. I mean, and these are, and from my opinion, these are simple decisions. Right. These are not complex decisions. We have a hundred thousand dollars of people's money. We should tell them ahead of time mm-hmm. before, you know, things start <laughs> arriving and pictures show up on the internet then people question it. Right. <laughs> it was very, very, very strange. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was, I I'm just uncomfortable with the response to that to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I I get that. Um I guess I don't know. I I I, I like obviously I said it in the last the, the last special episode. I, neither D nor I backed it. I totally mm-hmm. considered backing it. I mean, I and like I said like every time they do a Kickstarter I'm flat broke like <laughs> like I know I know when the when the bill for Kickstarter comes due that I'm like yeah I can't afford it then yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's yeah. when the mortgage is due it's not it's All not going to happen
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and you know I like my house more than I like bags yes <laughs> um but you know so I didn't I didn't have a lot of the information from Kickstarter and to me like what I was looking for in that interview was basically him saying we screwed up Sure. And so a lot of what I heard and I know the audio was crappy and a lot of people had trouble hearing it um was that they panicked. That they made really bad decisions out of panic. Yeah. Which I get on one end, but on the other end like there should be going back to those guiding principles and core values. Those should be in place to help you make these sorts of decisions. There should Mm -hmm. be something in place to help you make those business decisions if you have trouble making them.
0: Right, right. And, I mean, anyone that thinks I want them to fail or dislike them is just out of their minds. But for me, and I know we'll get to this more later – for me it's been a long process of trying to communicate on a real level with them and having challenges doing so Mm -hmm. that made this like the culmination of everything I've ever said happened in one project and I wish it wasn't this way, but I also get, you know, 10 questions a day about what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. What do I do? What do I do about this? You know, how do I, you know, approach this? And I don't know any other way to answer those questions other than just being straight up. Right. And, you know, I, I I feel for Joey and the Baron Fig team in this project because it sounds on the back end, having a manufacturing background, like I do,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I, I know everything that he went through. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mhm.
0: It can be a genuine mess. Yeah. But there are decision points in that process where decisions have to be made and that could have been communicated sooner to the people who supported that project. Right. And so, then we're not here today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so here's so here's a here's a follow-up question. Sure. Why do you think why do you think um, – just just, as, just sort of a thought experiment, I suppose, at this point. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Joey saying we effed up in a – well, he he said we screwed up. Sure. Why isn't that sure. enough for so many of the backers? Because people Be- have been calling for blood. People were sure. really angry with me when I didn't rake him over the co- coals.
0: Sure, sure. And, yeah, and it's – as much as people – may have wanted to see that that's not what you should ever do, right?
1: Well, that's so, not who I am either. I mean, that's, that would be being very right. untrue to who I am.
0: Right, right. That's not what you should ever do. But I think, you know, the... I guess the reason why it's not enough in this, this is a very specific case.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not enough in this case because it was too late. Right. The decisions to move forward with the color change was not made after they shipped all the bags mm. to the backers. Right. So people people's antenna goes up. They're like, wait a minute. You ship me the bag knowing that the color changed and you didn't even it, it was a throwaway comment in a message. It didn't lead the message on to the Kickstarter backers. The the message that we all found out the colors changed was titled all the bags have shipped Mm. and you know 200 words into that by the way we had some issues with the color like wait what right so it's just i i i feel for them like i don't want to like antagonize them for their decisions. But I look at this and I'm go, am I the only one that sees this? Right. Like, I feel like, like I, and of course I have a reputation of being very hard on them over the years. Yeah. And we can go into that in a second, but it's irrelevant of that are these decisions. Right. So it it was very tough. And and some of the I I I wish I could just like Joey and i like we could sit down and talk manufacturing one day and hopefully, Mm. you know, maybe one of these years we'll be able to. I know right now we're not on the best of terms and that sucks and I don't want it that way, but man, I could help. (laughs) And I, I feel weird saying that. And I shouldn't be, you know, like it's their business. They can run it how they want, but I can't. Get past some of the things that are just super obvious. Right. Like, there were several other things in the interview, and I don't want to, you know, dissect the interview of his mm-hmm. answers, you know, word for word. But there are lots of things that just that's not how manufacturing works right. in the way he was explaining it. So it's tough for me, and this is what I'm working on, it's tough for me to not say anything. Right. <laughs> and Knowing that I have a history with them Mm -hmm. makes it makes it worse. And, you know, we can we can talk about that more.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I think up until everything happened on Twitter, which we're going to touch on that in a little bit. I think initially the intent was to have both you and Joey on the show. And Mm. while I felt I felt that would be a little invasive on the two of you, Joey was game for it initially until what happened on Twitter.
0: Sure. I I agree. Um, I I would not want that myself. That's not fair to anybody.
1: I don't think it would have been fair to either one of you to have that as a recorded (laughs) conversation because I think think it's super personal and also it touches way too close to my day job. (laughs) This is is to be relaxing for me. I've sat on a couch
0: before. (laughs) Yeah, I've sat on a couch. I'm not going to lie.
1: No, so have I. I mean, well, I'm also required to for my job now, but like – You know there's no shame in that but at the same time like i i don't i have ethical dilemmas as well with that not in terms of personal ethics but professional ethics i have ethical guidelines that i've signed on to that says that i won't conduct therapy via the internet yeah um so i don't i don't want to lose my future license
0: (laughs) there's there's no way that would have been beneficial for anyone no. And we probably could not get out of the hole that I was, you know, complicit in digging Um, by having that. I, mm-hmm. I was actually joking that we should just get on a call all ourselves, not necessarily, you know, like have a recorded podcast. Yeah. But it's like, I hey, let's talk.
3: It would
1: have yeah. been cool. No. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to jump ahead to um, I'm going to skip that that question because I think that you've answered that. I'm going to okay. skip ahead. So let's let's delve into that little bit of Twitter drama. It's sure. Just some of your super fans—I'm just gonna call them super fans—sure, really went after Baron Fig and Joey personally on Twitter, and I didn't realize it, and because I was at work and we're not allowed to have our phones on us at work, um, <laughs> myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I read some of the comments they made in an outside chat room that wasn't on on Twitter, and oh man, they there was yeah. some venom um, mm-hmm. directed at me and Baron Fig and Joey and RSVP Um, and I have to wonder if, if some of that was done because they were kind of looking for approval or you know if there was they, they thought you might be okay with it because it's clear mm-hmm. you weren't I mean I just want to mm-hmm. throw that right out there you were not okay with that mm-hmm. um, do, do you I mean do you worry about so, that
0: I do very very much and more so after this happened So what happened on Twitter and various other places was despicable. It was gross. No one deserves to be treated like that ever. And my words played a part in people being comfortable acting that way. Mm. And I'm very disappointed in myself for allowing that to get this far. It was a very s- specific tweet that I made, so i I very much believe, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. in honesty, transparency really fact based arguments right you know i didn't hold myself up to that standard when I made a specific tweet i' d- mm-hmm. I don't have it pulled up in front of me I'm sorry, but it's in generally. Accuse them of a cover up in the comments section right. of the Kickstarter campaign. That type of messaging from someone in my position is unacceptable. Hmm. and i it it took a hard road for me to realize that. I got a lot of let's call it discussion. Around that. And I've said a lot of times when tough subjects come up on the Pen Attic, that where I'm commenting on, that I have to be comfortable sleeping at night Mm
3: -hmm.
0: with the comments that I make. You know, basically, you make your bed, you lay in it. Yeah. I was not comfortable with the comments and the effect that they had that I made them. And I didn't realize at the time what I was doing. I let my anger Mm -hmm. get out in a very disrespectful and frankly harmful way. And it was, I'm, I'm very disappointed in myself. It's, it has been, a learning experience and a turning point in the way I handle myself on Twitter. Like that's, <laughs> right. you know, you, you, when you say that out loud, it's like, well, yeah, you dummy. Don't, <laughs> I mean, it's Twitter, you know, that's, there's nothing good going to come out of that,
3: <laughs> but oh, you get,
0: yeah, <laughs> you get so, you know, you get yourself worked up and so convicted mm-hmm. that you're right and you have this platform to pound your chest And the way I composed myself that day, which was like two weeks ago, affected a lot of this conversation. I firmly believe that. And I'm very sorry. I apologize to Joey, not directly through Twitter. I know that's not the best way to do it, but I was personally – Affected by that in that my actions caused some of the reactions that took place that were really uncalled for. So that's that's I mean, honestly, that's something I have to work on. This is not something I do regularly, but I've done it before. You know, I'm not going to say that, hey, this is my first time where I said something really stupid and inflammatory on Twitter. I've done it before.
1: We've all done it before. <laughs> you know, I, mean, we're the, I don't think you can point to anyone on Twitter and be like, they've they they, they they've done nothing wrong. Every, I think yeah. everyone's done something inflammatory on Twitter at yeah. this point if you've been on there for more than a day.
0: <laughs> this time was different for me. And, um, yeah. You know, it goes back to some of the conversations we had in the beginning. You know, what's the standard you hold yourself to? And, you know, maybe I need to have that definition to say, you know what? This is not an acceptable thing to say, Brad, and maybe you shouldn't say it because your words carry weight and, you know, people follow you, you know, whether you like it or not. There's people that follow you. And by the way, they might, you know take these things further than you intended. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, it, it, it's been a very, very big learning experience for me.
1: Mm. So how do you, how do you think this, um, this experience is going to change you or how you behave on Twitter? How is it going to change you? I
0: think it changes the perspective a lot. I think there's so much positivity around there's so much needed positivity mm-hmm. that needs to be shared in the world that we live in i'm by any standard a very normal human being that's very empathetic to everybody you know i've never you know met someone who wasn't my best friend immediately mm-hmm. you know and to not act that way on a public platform where it can be spread and, you know, different things can happen, you know, whether it it goes out of your control. I think just learning how to be the bearer of good news Mm -hmm. and positivity. And if there's negativity, sometimes I might talk about it but in a more educational manner, mm-hmm. as opposed to an attacking manner, which I think is what I did the other day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there, there's a change that can happen and that's something I'll have to hold myself to. Okay.
1: So just as a, like, I'm going to throw this out there. Say, say there's another Estabrook. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, oh, I, I, th- I think that was a fair game. Um, how would you respond to that today?
0: Yeah. So this is a, uh something that Mike and I talked about on the podcast mm. and I think you just have to it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so but like the first word I was gonna say that I stopped myself is you just have to present the facts. Right. <laughs> well I don't know Robert Rosenberg's intentions but based on his actions mm-hmm. he was trying to monetize a name right. and a feeling, right? Not just a product mm-hmm. but a brand and a company mm-hmm. around one of the great American brands, Esterbrook pens.
3: Right. Made in India. Yeah.
0: And oh. doesn't look like the original pen.
3: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> oh.
0: I feel an obligation to share that information, but I can not attack Mr. Rosenberg's intentions right. I can say this is what is going on here this is what it looks like but not but leave Mr. Rosenberg out of it right as far as what his intentions are right. you know it's a um, someone put it to me the other day you know is it a mistake or is it malice you know right. how can you you know think about those types of things when you're having a commentary, like I'm expected to have opinions on things, Mm -hmm. right? It's my job. Like this is what I do for a living, but there's a way to do it to where you can keep out. You can get your point across without damaging, you know, people. I mean, let's be honest. There's people on the other side of these comments that I read or excuse me that I say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's a way to do it in a more learning educational manner as opposed to an attacking aggressive manner.
1: Right. I think I think the response to Esther Brooke as the new company would have been a lot different if it were revived in the same way as say like Blackwing Pencils. Sure. You know, like Blackwing, that's exact same thing. They bought up the name, but mm-hmm. instead of sending you um, a not very nice pencil, mm-hmm. there you, you get a premium pencil product. You get something that is worthy of the name.
0: Right. You know? And you also email Charles Berelsheimer, and Charles says, "Here's why we made the decision that we made." Right. That's a big deal. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of company owners can't handle that. And they feel like some kind of like, ah, oh, I can't say anything. This is my business and it, in it's secret. Like we're not in those times anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, company owners should be like bending over to like be as transparent as possible. I mean, there's limits to everything, but my gosh, you know, you know, if, you know, talking to someone like, uh, Robert Rosenberg, uh, it, it just makes you want to punch your own face, but then, you, <laughs> then, you, then you talk to Charles Berelsheimer who believe me got serious grief at the time.
1: Oh yeah. I've read, I was, I was there reading those blogs back then. Yeah.
0: yeah. He will answer every question you have and say, here's why we did what we did. So, you yeah. know, you know, it's it's challenging and you know deciphering those things is you know is is my job and you know I can I can do a better job of leading the conversation into a more positive ending than negative
1: right so um, I think you've answered um, you've answered both these questions so so here's I, I like this question someone asked it in the RSVP group. So why do you think we're still talking about this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it's the internet, and we can yell, and no one can tell us to shut up.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, so true.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I joke. It's true. I joke. It, but honestly... This is obviously (laughs) – this is hard for me to say because I'm pausing 8,000
3: seconds.
0: (laughs) It's because of me. Mm. And there's a way to handle things to where it doesn't have to be this way. And I have to look at some of the decisions I made these past couple weeks and understand that this is not – the community I want to be a part of. And I'm the one who caused it to be that way.
1: Mm. Oh, wow.
0: I feel, (laughs) I feel, I feel I have a responsibility Mm. to be a positive force in this community. I have the platform to do it. I have the skills to do it. I think I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very good at what I do. I make some mistakes and the way I handled some of the things the past couple of weeks could have been handled differently. I can still be true to myself, make the points I need to make and leave us all in a better place. I failed at that mm. these past couple of weeks. I didn't leave the community a better place at the end of the day and I feel responsible for that Mm. and I'm sad about that and I've lost sleep over that. Mm. So I hope this is a learning experience for me as well as, you know, everyone else who was involved in all kinds of goings on these past couple of weeks. Like, We could, I mean, we could be talking till tomorrow if we wanted to, (laughs) but no one wants to hear this and I brought it up. Mm. (laughs) So it's tough. It's, it's, I've had, um, I've had some interesting, uh, me time in the past week, really thinking about things. And, you know, there's a lot I can work on in, Work on lifting this community up as a whole as opposed to dwelling on the negative because if nothing else, stationary is our escape from our day-to-day life. I understand it's my job now, but that doesn't change how I feel about the products and the people that are in this community. its I've always said this is one of the most positive Reinforcing, you know, communities around. And we lost our way a little bit this week. And I feel like I was part of the problem, not the solution.
1: Mm -hmm. I think all we can do now is move forward, right? I mean, you can't, we can, we can spend the next couple of weeks beating ourselves up for what went Mm -hmm. wrong, or we can move forward.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Like, I have a stack of pencils from you that I haven't finished going through. (laughs) And, like I keep teasing them every now and then on Twitter. It's like I keep all the stuff you sent me. Like it, it has its special spot, right? Like those <laughs> those things can't get mixed up with my regular pencils because I haven't tested them all yet. Right. And those are the pencils less sent me. So those are <laughs> different than this box of pencils over here. Right. So that's what I, that's what I want to talk about. You know, right. come on. I mean, I'm a dummy, right? Other, you know. Like, why don't I talk about this Nataraj marbled pencil that you sent me?
3: Aren't those instead gorgeous? Of,
0: yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Instead of, like, being, you know, Captain Angst on Twitter. Mm. It's it's an issue. I, I It's 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 something I'm working on.
1: All right. Yeah, that's all, I mean, that's all you can do, right? You can work on yourself yep. and move forward. Yep. So I, I do hope that you do enjoy those pencils.
0: I I thoroughly have like the ones you sent me already, like probably the most unassuming pencil you sent me is my favorite, which was the first one that I picked to like post on Instagram was the Ticonderoga with the orange stripes. I think it's from Mexico. That's like one of the coolest pencils I've ever seen. And it's probably like the most throwaway pencil out of the whole stash that you sent me.
1: Yeah. You can get them at target the stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Target. And, um, Staples, they sell them in big packages. Yep. I love those stripes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: all right, so let's move on to – so I'm going to – like you've answered a, a bunch of the questions and what you just were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um. And you had mentioned this on Twitter, and it, was, it wasn't it was something I initially had in the uh, show notes, but uh, do you want to hit on that field notes by Abercrombie and Fitch thing?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think we should. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so – you want me to just take the lead on it?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so I mean we've talked about this on the podcast, right? Yeah. Like the Well, let's let's rewind that. Let me just start this from the beginning. So I'm sitting on Twitter whatever day those you know, Abercrombie and Fitch uh notebooks came out by Field Notes. And I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed and I'm like, Oh look, fishing field notes. Oh look, flower field notes, oh damn, that pink one is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and Kept scrolling, right? Like did not consider a thing. Like just kept scrolling. Like I don't do the field notes, got to catch them all thing anymore. So like that doesn't even register with me. I was like, oh, look, these look cool. And I kept scrolling. The next day I get an ask TPA question, which we do a hashtag on Twitter to collect questions. Hey, what do you think about how Abercrombie and Fitch or field notes and Abercrombie and Fitch segregated these notebooks into gender men's notebooks and women's notebooks. I'm like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) Oh, I think that's (laughs) pretty much what everyone did. It was like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, huh? So then I started poking around like the day before I gave them not a second thought because I wasn't interested in them. Mm. I asked the question, I got asked the question. I start poking around like, I don't know everything. So, you know, I, people think I know everything or I'm involved in everything. Like I can't keep up with all this stuff. So I, when I got asked the questions, I started poking around. I was like, I just went to the Abercrombie site on one of these notebooks, the men's notebooks, and I literally cannot search for the no- notebooks in the floral pattern that I think are awesome. Right. I literally cannot find them because I'm stuck in a men's section. Yep. So I'm like, huh, okay. So I go back to the Twitter machine and I say, hey, you know, field notes, what is up? I, I, I don't have this pulled up. I don't know exactly what I said, but I basically said, hey, at field notes, what is up with the gender notebooks at Abercrombie & Fitch? And they're generally pretty good at responding to me and responding to a lot of people.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Bubkas, nothing. <laughs> So I'm like, huh, and then I have more people asking me because they see me ask the question, right? And people are, you know, doing their 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 Twitter thing that they do, and then I get sent Dee's article that she wrote, yeah, about the notebooks, and it is awesome. I yeah. wish she was here tonight so I could tell uh-huh. her how awesome it is, but you'll tell her for me.
1: I will. She's going to be so
0: jealous. (laughs) (laughs) So she writes this really amazing post. And someone asked me, says, Hey, will you send this to Jim and Aaron? Because they know I'm friends with the field notes guy. And I said, guys, and I say, absolutely. So first off, I'm not friendly with Aaron Draplin at all. Like I don't have his email. We don't talk. I don't know him. I do know Jim Kudal. Right. And I also know, that Aaron is gonna be in town the day that I'm about to send this email for an event. Mm. So I send the email, said, Hey Jim, what's going on with the Abercrombie and Fitch notebooks? Take a look at this article. I like I said, I I'm, you know, I don't know the exact words I use. Something like that. I got no response. Wow. Um. So we talked about it on our podcast. And You know, realizing what Abercrombie & Fitch is about not that many years ago is disappointing Mm. when you see one of your favorite companies in the world align themselves with, you know, someone like that. So it seemed that I think well, it didn't seem it was pretty clear at this point field notes wasn't going to say anything
3: Hmm.
0: and time went on and they didn't say anything. And I think as a lot of companies will do, it goes away, right? People forget this community doesn't forget. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different in this community because I'm more mad now than I was the first day. Right. Because they never said anything.
3: Mm.
0: And it's disappointing. And it makes me mad that they were quiet when there's clearly an issue. Yeah. It's demonstrable. Cool. Abercrombie and Fitch did some really bad things. Mm-hmm. You partnered with them and didn't say boo.
1: Yeah. I have and a then, problem. And then and then they did boy girl notebooks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Right. Then <laughs> Wait just, a minute. Uh,
1: Hold just, my beer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like we're we're going to take this and we're going to make it even worse. <laughs> yeah. So
0: yeah. Um so I look at this like I'm more upset now than I was in the beginning. Right? Yeah. Because nothing's happened, and I remember now that nothing's happened every day. That yeah. I see field notes, I go, guess what? Nothing happened over there, yeah. and something probably should have. Yeah. like we could be past it, but nothing happened. Right, and, and I'm not past it. Like yeah. I, like I said on the podcast, hmm. I'm willing to give them. The benefit of the doubt to a degree. They have a track record. They clearly made a miscalculation and a mistake. Right. It's not a repeated thing yet. Right. When you see that it is, oh boy, like, I'm just going to have to, I don't know, we'll just delete Twitter at that point.
1: (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, you know, like one of the things that I like I said about it, like we we did an entire podcast about the gendering mm-hmm. of stationery, and the thing that I really felt about it was that it was very tone deaf. Yeah, you know, we it, gendering of stationery is is one problem, and then partnering with Abercrombie and Fitch is another problem. But what did they not learn from Bick from her, for her? What did they right. not learn from that um, lingerie and fountain pen oh. photo? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, I got
0: you know the amount of emails I got for that, it it was staggering. Like basically telling me where to go. Mm. I was like, are you serious? Like you do see what I see, right? Yeah. And it, you know, it, it boggles the mind sometimes. Yeah.
1: And I think this really sad thing about the field notes thing, and I enjoy field notes. I've enjoyed field notes for years, but I'm not a super fan
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and it makes it really easy for people like myself to drop the brand. Like I have no reason to pick up another field notes. I'm, I'm sable on field notes. I trade field notes, but you know what? There are a hundred new brands stepping Mm. up to the plate Every day, there are small makers. There are other companies doing really interesting stuff. You know, like, I have no reason to buy another Field Notes because I can buy something from another company and invest my money in a small time maker. And my money makes a much bigger difference to someone like Enon Avital, Dapper Notes, you know, like, my money makes a bigger difference to him. Or my Absolutely. money, or Darkstar, or or Word. Um, well, maybe Word, not so much. But you know what I mean. Like, it's it's a bigger drop in their smaller bucket. Right. And totally f- agree. And for me, that's that's what I want to do with my money. I don't want to spend it on a company that doesn't care to respond to my critique or mm-hmm. to my worries about their partnerships.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I I I just got to get off my soapbox because we could go for another hour. <laughs> talking about this but um you know and i don't i don't think that's an attack on field notes either i think sure you know i think that they're a fine company they're made out of you know there are fine people there that work and you know again it goes back to that there are people behind these things right but their silence is devastating to their company and their brand in my opinion
0: i agree and you you open yourself up to that criticism and it's Mm -hmm. fair criticism and then that again gets back to like our overarching theme here is like, what's Brad allowed to say? Right. (laughs) right (laughs) It's like, but you know, like Mike and I talked about on, on this week's podcast, like we're going to talk about that. Like Mm I am very much going to talk about that. That's something that people should be aware of. So yeah, you know, I, I think it's important. So, but there's, there's, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but there's, there's ways to go about doing these things.
1: Mm. Yeah. All right. So um, one final question for you. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite small businesses, places you order from over mm. and over and over again, places that you want to plug?
0: Oh my, this yeah. is, this, this is a cool list. Like I like, this is what gets me excited, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is what I wake up and I want to go share with everyone. Like number one right now, and it's always like, you know, it changes. You know what's landed across my desk most recently, but holy crap, Write Notepads.
3: Hmm.
0: So, if I've I've plugged them a lot, they make the best pocket notebooks on the planet, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, it's kinda not close, <laughs> which is a really extreme thing for me to say, but what they do is really really good. Yeah, the quality is exceptional the storytelling is engaging um, and the people behind it are very good yep. so I, I love write notepads I'm huge on CW Pencils which mm-hmm. I don't have to tell anybody who listens to your podcast or mine or Erasable what CW Pencils is mm-hmm. but in the grand scope of things that we all buy they're a very small business mm-hmm. that has done really good work and should get all of your support yeah. even smaller than those two I support um, good friend of mine Keegan Ull at one star leather he oh, makes fantastic yeah. goods um, full disclosure we've partnered with him to make a case for us at knock our first leather product yep. um, it, he sends me pictures of him on his apartment table hammering out our patterns. Like, mm. I, res- I respect the heck out of that guy, right? <laughs> you know? So he does really great work. And I have a good friend named Claire that goes by Written and Rice on Etsy who makes phenomenal pin wraps. Mm. She does – she has really cool fabric and does some really neat stuff and just a very, you know – takes like what could be a very basic pin wrap and makes it into something cool. So those are kind of my companies I always am looking at and want to support and want to plug and make sure they get out there. You know, some bigger than others, some you already know about, some maybe you don't. And there's always someone else coming up. And uh, I I always, you know, believe in supporting those those new companies coming up and, uh, you know, getting the word out there.
1: All right, Brad. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This has been an amazing conversation into the brain of Brad Doughty, <laughs>
3: um,
1: and I really appreciate the really deep thought that you've put into the changes um, and things you've learned over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. So, I, I definitely think you know it's it's a conversation worth having. It's mm-hmm. And look inward that needs to happen, and a realization that needs to be made. And I think it's important. And I'm a, glad to have someone like you to hold me to accountable to things. Yeah. I think it's important that we have friends that can hold other friends accountable, and um, you know, in what we do in our life.
1: Yeah, I think that goes both ways. I mean, I, I, I. You comment on mine, I comment on yours, and we go back and mm-hmm. forth. And I think the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that, first off, we've been doing this for years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. and, I, I, I can't even remember the first time I linked to Comfortable Shoe Studio. Uh, I, 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 it's uh, I been, know. I mean, six, eight years. I mean, it is forever. Yeah. Like, a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that people think we're fighting, that it's some sort of bread versus less thing. Yeah, and that when we when we have our disagreements that we're mad
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: it couldn't be further from the truth i think having those discussions on twitter with you deepens my understanding and uh one of the one of the funny comments that i haven't been able to get out of my head um (laughs) since some of that stuff was my my smiling damn my smiling benevolence
0: Mm. (laughs) yeah i enjoyed that one
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it made me laugh. And, and Andy actually made us a um, little smiling benevolence dot party um, <laughs> link <laughs> for nice. for the podcast. Yeah, um, I saw that. That was great. But um, you know, and it's not about that. It's it's about us deepening our understanding and right. having conversations. And if people haven't been following one or both of us for as long as we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, as online uh, mm-hmm. then they would they might get that we are not big enough to move past that and we certainly have right. always moved past that
0: right right so. i mean we're we're human beings I, at the end of the day you know we have our flaws we have you know you know our days where we're we're more perfect than others and but we certainly have our flaws as well and being able to discuss those things and gain a greater understanding around those things i think it's super important um
1: hello especially
0: yep. when you have friends like that
1: hey d i just added hey. a to the call hey d oh hey how's it going good so we we were just uh wrapping up all right that's cool so um brad tell us where we can find you online if we don't already know
0: yeah you can find me at penaddict.com my pin case and Paper Goods Company is at knock.co, N-O-C-K dot C-O, and I'm on Twitter at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. All right. Wonderful name, 10 years in the making.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As a brief follow-up, I want to take a moment to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website, the Facebook group, on Twitter, especially during these last two weeks. Um I think that some of the discussion has just been really – it's really been really fabulous to pull us out of the negativity. RSVP group, there was a little bit of negativity in there, but I think that for the most part it was really couched in, in intelligent questions and wanting answers. So I really appreciate that, and it's really wonderful to get so much support from everyone, especially when the perver- proverbial uh, dung was hitting the fan. And so I just <laughs> really
2: <laughs> sorry
1: I don't I didn't want to bleep it. Um, so I just want to give everyone a quick thanks who continues to support us and have joined our Facebook group, have reached out to us on Twitter, have followed us on Twitter and on Instagram, have subscribed to the show. Um, if If anyone has a moment, please go to iTunes and rate us. Um, while, you know, I, I do read the ratings every now and then. I don't get to iTunes as often as other people do, but I know that it's important to help people find the podcast. So if you can, please go give us a five star review. Um, or, you know, four star, whatever makes you happy. Just give us a review and so that other people can find our podcast. We really appreciate it. And you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationerypodcast.com.
2: D. where can people find you? People can find me at theweeklypencil.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Weekly Pencil. You're so organized. I know. I forget <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> uh, you can find me at
1: comfortableshoesstudio.com. Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio and Instagram and Twitter at Original L.C. Harper. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you so much, Brad. I've, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation.
0: Well, good. And, you know, I, I love that we can do this. You know, I think it helps being, you know, very open and honest and truthful with ourselves publicly Um, and you know, it's, you know, sometimes mistakes are made and I've always, always believed in owning up to when those things happen and trying my damnedest to do better.
3: Right.